0: Welcome to Declaration, where we exist to help people encounter and follow Jesus. Here at Declaration, we believe that God has a word for you and for your family to live a life of fullness and to be faithful to Christ and His church. If you want to know more about who we are at Declaration Church, then I highly encourage you to visit declaration.org. Well, good morning. Good morning. Everybody feeling good? I didn't get to ask you this last week, so let me ask you, how was everybody's holidays? Were they good? All right, well, let's do this really fast. If you're in fifth or sixth grade, we want you to stand to your feet. We're going to clap and cheer for you as you go to your class. Hey, keep clapping as loud as you can. Let's welcome everyone joining us online from the online family this morning. Would love for you to fill out this connect card, especially if you 're uh, brand new with us or maybe you 've had some updated um, you know information that 's changed. We would love for you to do that for us. You can fill that out and place it in one of the um, give boxes on the response tables or in the lobby please please make good use of that there 's also a place for prayer requests we 'll talk more about that later but let 's just jump in this this morning one week, um, a Sunday school teacher had just finished telling her class uh, the Christmas story. It kind of feels almost like uh, a long time ago that Christmas happened already. I don't know about you, but... <laughs> so the Sunday school teacher, she just finished telling the Christmas story and she asks, who do you think, she's looking to the kids, who do you think that the most important woman in the Bible is? Little boy raises his hand. He says, oh, easy. That's Eve. And the teacher says, okay, um, well, why do you think that Eve is the most important woman in the Bible? And little boy says, well... Um, there's two, two days of the year named after Eve. There's Christmas Eve, and there's New Year's Eve. I mean, Debatable, I guess, but I mean, he's not wrong, you know? I mean, he's not wrong. Pretty intuitive. Uh, hey, Happy New Year, everybody. You, you glad it's 23? Anybody glad 22's in the rear view? You glad it's 23? Come on, somebody. Hey, anybody got a word for the year yet? You do that thing, word for the year, New Year's resolutions. Anybody going to be working out tomorrow like me? Pray for me. I read this last week about the new year. It said, I am the new year. I am an unspoiled page in your book of time. I am your next chance at the art of living. I am your opportunity to practice what you have learned about life during the last 12 months. All that you sought and didn't find is hidden in me, waiting for you to search it, but with more determination. All the good that you tried for and didn't achieve is mine to grant when you have fewer conflicting desires. All that you dreamed but didn't dare to do, all that you hoped but did not will, at the faith that you claimed but did not have, you slumber lightly, waiting to be awakened by the touch of a strong purpose. I am your opportunity to renew your allegiance to him who said, Behold, I make all things new. Amen? That's good stuff, right? So 2023, new year, new beginning, new you, right? Anybody? New new year, new you, new year, new me. Um, I think about that often. I love new beginnings, but even more than I love them, I can tell you something else. God is a God of new beginnings, He's a God of new beginnings. Let me just give you a few quick verses just to kind of establish the truth of this. Um, Isaiah 43, 19 says this, for I'm about to do something new. Uh, see, I have already begun. And see, some of us are waiting, wondering, is, is God have you been work are you are you working here? But he's already begun. He's already been at work. Um, do you not see it? Do you not perceive it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness, I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. And maybe some of you need to write that verse down, note takers, and just hang that up and say, This is my promise from God right here. God's doing something new. He's going to make a pathway through the wilderness and a river in their dry ways. Ezekiel 36, 26 says this, I will give you a new heart. I will put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. Revelation 21, 3 through 5. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them. They will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever and the one sitting on the throne said look I am making everything new our God is a God of new amen new opportunities new beginnings isn't that good somebody I hope that that's encouraging to you right now he's a God of new As we begin the new year, 23, filled with new hope, new challenges, new opportunities, new possibilities, we've got a unique privilege to join in a few things. Potentially, we're gonna join right now, in fact, this morning, we are joining with thousands of other churches right now doing something very, very similar. Some of these churches, a lot of them are in our immediate church planning network, others may be outside, but we're all joining together right now for 21 days of prayer and fasting beginning today. This is always the highlight of our January as well as our August. We always start the year in January as well as August. And I say that because, you know, January these days, it's like you gotta wake up from cheese coma somewhere around January 8th, you're back, right? And so I just kind of gave up on January being the new year, new you thing. I just kind of said, let's do that in August because everybody seems to like get their stuff together for school starting. Okay, so, so that's why we do it twice a year. But I just want you to know right now, thousands, literally thousands of churches are beginning today to do 21 days of prayer and some are doing fasting with that. And that's pretty exciting to think about. Now, I wanna invite you, I wanna invite us as a church family to participate boldly in that. In fact, if you go to declaration.org right now, I can tell you, uh, Melody from our communications and creative team has done an incredible job. In fact, there's like any day, if you forget, if you don't get the email or whatever else, you can text, um, what is it, Daniel? 21 days to 43,000 and it's gonna take you right to that page. You can click on the day, you can follow along, Um, There's just so many ways that you can engage into this thing We've given you a few different things there Different than normal, usually I'll write a a devotion But I'm going to get to that It's a little bit different than normal But it's going to be very exciting to be a part of Now why do we do this? Why do we fast? Why do we pray? It's biblical, number one Um, It's what disciples do Mm Not only that, um, we do this because it's gonna bring a spiritual renewal to us. It's gonna bring, it's a spiritual discipline that we participate in, but it's gonna bring a spiritual renewal that will realign us to the heart of the Father. It's gonna renew us. Number two, it's foundational. It's foundational. Why? Because we all need God. And right now, as we start this new year with these new opportunities that are in front of us, we want to not just include God in those things. We wanna ask God to lead us into the things that he's already blessed, amen? so we want to be aligning our heart with his because we need him. Now I can think of no better way to start a new year than this. Now the second way that we're going to join with all these thousands of churches both in and out of our network is we're joining with many churches all over the nation to start this year with some of the same messaging in a series that we're calling Pray First. So I want you to think about this now. Literally this morning, thousands of, of faith family all over the nation, probably in in different parts of the world, are starting a series called Pray First. Some of the same messaging, not all, I mean, every house kind of has their own heartbeat and their own thumbprint, but some of the very same messaging is gonna be heard and, and dug into by thousands and hundreds of thousands, possibly even millions of people. They're gonna all be going through 21 days together, contending to the Lord, pulling at his garment together. Some for some of the very same things. Can you imagine how powerful this is? Can I, Can you just think that this could be the beginning? This could be um, a wave of awakening that's about to start to take place because the bride of Christ is all uniting and praying and looking at prayer and talking to God together. Powerful. And so we're going to be a part of that too. This is going to be a God sized move, I believe. I believe it's going to honor the Lord. It's going to focus us all around some of the same scriptures. Um, There's going to be a lot of fasting, a lot of contending, listening, praying. um, Again, an awakening. So, with that said, we have a gift for you. In fact, we're going to be passing these out right now. Every one of you, I want to take one of these books with you. This is going to be part of the process of our 21 days. So, there's going to be people coming around and just passing these down the aisles. Just make sure that you grab one of those, you're going to want that. Good news, if you're not a visual reader, it's also available on Audible. So you can go to Audible. If you're a Kindle person, it's available on Kindle. Um, Difference is, um, you get this one for free. You may have to buy that Kindle. I'm not so sure, all right? Love you all. (laughs) So we're going to give you this book. And and this book, I want to just tell you, um, Pastor Chris Hodges, who is a well-known, best-selling author, leader, strategist, um, he wrote this book. And he, he a couple months ago he sent an email out to a lot of us pastors and he invited us he he just cast vision and he said a lot of the same things that I just said can you imagine what would happen if all of our churches started to focus together on some of the same things at the beginning of this year now just to, just so you know a little bit about pastor Chris just so so you 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 know so, so you know that it's, it's not some crazy stuff. I I, I trust this guy. Um, I've, I've watched his leadership now for the past eight years. Very, I mean, he was very mission critical in helping launch Declaration Church as I was able to sit under his leadership for a bit. He is the co-founder and serves on the executive leadership team of the Association of Related Churches, which is the church planning network that we launched through. He's the founder and senior pastor of Church of the Highlands, which is a multi-site church in Alabama, Alabama all throughout the state there 's twenty three i think twenty three different campuses, and that does not even include all the prisons that they 're in. Um, he is also the founding uh, i guess the founder of a resource consulting network called Grow Leader, which specializes in training and resourcing pastors and churches so that they can reach their full potential and break through barriers and not only that but also in his spare time. He is the founder and chancellor of Highlands College, which is now a fully accredited university that also combines a ministry school with that. And so God has just really used this man at 58 years old to do such incredible, incredible things. And he wrote years ago a little pamphlet called Pray First. And it's been instrumental, highly instrumental. Uh, Pastor Stovall Weems, once of Celebration Church, who wrote a book that really kind of launched the 21 Day of Prayer initiative was Uh, influenced by Pray First. Well, then Pastor Chris started thinking, you know what, Um, there's more to this. And so this year he spent time and he turned it into a full book, not just a resource guide. And so every day, um, we're gonna go through parts of this together. At declaration.org, you will see that. Tomorrow morning, everyone will get the same email. You won't get it every day, but you'll get the initial email. And and it's gonna guide you day by day through what to read. Um, Don't worry, I've I've broken it up to where it's about 14 pages a day. This is why I did, and write the Devo for you, because I'm like, if I give you too much, you look at me like, you crazy, sir. And so, but I, I want to encourage us all to go through this. So let this be our gift to you, and let's start the year off right. It's going to be very, very powerful. Amen, everybody. Amen. All right, well, let's get going today. We're gonna start kind of this way. We've already said that our God is a God of new beginnings, right? So much so that even in the very beginning of the Bible, if you go to the very first chapter, very first verse, Genesis chapter one, verse one, what does it say? It says, in the beginning, God. In the beginning, God. Four words, critical words. In fact, these four words are a good rule for life. In the beginning, God. So note takers, Here it is right here. Good rule for life. I say life rule because of this. A few things. If you want to know the secret to a happy life, if you want to know the secret to a fulfilled life, if you want to know the secret to what Jesus calls the abundant life, it's these four words. In the beginning, God. In the beginning, God. Make sure, basically, God is always at the beginning. He's always first. Always first. He's the beginning of your marriage, the beginning of your relationships, the beginning of your finances, the beginning of your calendar, your schedule, your time, the beginning of everything, basically, that you build your life upon. The beginning of your day. We'll talk a little bit about that. Make sure that God is first. If you want to know the secret to the fulfilled, abundant life, God first. God first. It's the good rule for life. Look at Exodus chapter twenty, verses one through three, and what it says right there. Exodus twenty, one through three. It says this. God gave people these instructions in verse one and look at two. It says, I'm the Lord your God who rescued you from the land of Egypt, the place of your slavery. So he's basically saying, Hey, I'm the one that has given you all the freedom. I'm the one that's provided for you. I'm the one that's taking care of you. Then he says, You must not have any other God but me. Now, God is very serious about this when he says this. You must not have any other God but me. What does he mean when he says you must not have any other God but me? Maybe your translation says God's plural, little g. He does not mean religions. Can I say that? He does not mean religions when he says God. He's not saying you must not have any other religions but me. He's saying you must not have any other loves above me. He's saying you must not have any other passions above me. You must not have any other priorities more important than me. It's not that God doesn't want you to have any other loves, passions, or priorities. Can I say that? It's just that he's saying he wants to be first in those things. He wants to be preeminent. He wants to be the priority of your first love, your first passion. Of course, you'll have other people and other things that you love. God just wants you to love him first and foremost. Of course, you're gonna have passions that you're um, interested in. God just wants to be your first passion. Of course, there's gonna be other priorities in your life, right? I mean, uh, family, spouse, children, education. Of course, your job. Yes, you're gonna have other priorities. It's just that God wants to be your first priority, your primary priority. But here's the thing. Look, God isn't asking anything from you that he hasn't first given to you. Let me prove my point. He gave his first and his best to us in Jesus. So he's not asking anything from you that he hasn't already first shown you. An example, he's given it to you. He gave his first and best in Jesus. It cost him everything to give you his first and best. And he wants you to give Him, you're first. God wants to be our first because He knows our first really is our best. When we commit our first, when we give our first, that is us declaring this is our best. See, we see the principle of first run all throughout the scripture. Whether you're a Christian or a Christ follower, or maybe you don't claim Jesus. So, whether you're a Christian or not, your life is marked by priorities. First things have power. The very first, th- those things have power in your life. So let me give you three ways to apply this powerful principle of first. Because God gave his first and best. Number one, if you're taking notes, give God the first of your everything. This is the best application in my opinion. It sounds kind of rhetorical. It sounds kind of poetic. It sounds kind of romantic. But listen, seriously, it's, it's just foundational truth. Just give God the first of your everything. Make that the priority right now, okay, God, I, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to zoom way too far out because it starts to become overwhelming. But I'm just gonna di- step by step. I, but I, the first of my everything, I'm gonna commit and give to God. Give him the first of everything. See, most of the time, you may have heard this taught from a financial perspective only, from giving. Um, but listen, this this has. It's, it's way more than just money. Listen, some of us, even when I said that, some of you started kind of twitching like, oh, I'll give him the first of here I Oh, here we go. Right? No, no, no. Listen, it's, it's, it's so much more than this. Listen, this principle is huge. It's about giving him the first of our everything. Everything, holistically. It really means the first tithe of every detail of your life. Uh, Look at Leviticus chapter 27, verse 30. Look at what it says here in the NIV. It says, a tithe of, what, what is that? What is that word, rather? A tithe of everything from the land. Everything, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, it belongs to the Lord. It's holy to the Lord. Now that's gonna take us to number two here in a second, but we gotta give God the first of our everything. It's a biblical mandate. He's saying that this tithe of everything, the perspective is that what you give when you give the first of everything, this is holy to the Lord. Holy meaning set apart to the Lord, dedicated, committed to the Lord. It's a decision that you've made in advance to say, no matter what it is, the first is going to be his, and it's gonna be the best, and it's holy, because it's set apart unto the Lord. Um, it's devoted, it's, it's giving out of devotion and gratitude, saying, before I even know what you're about to provide, you're gonna get some of it back, first and foremost, to have my best. Everything. Now, it's the second way to apply this. If number one was give God the first of your everything, number two, when you give, give sacrificially to the Lord. Let's pop that next slide up there. Give sacrificially to the Lord. Give the first and make it sacrificial to the Lord, holy to the Lord, holy, special, set apart. So when it comes to giving a tithe, even, it's not so much about percentage as much as it's about priority. It's not so much about a fair amount of what it is you're giving. It's about what you adore first, right? God wants our set apart, special devotion of everything, everything. It's not just about how much you give, but when and how actually you give it For some, you know, for some of us, the easiest thing is, okay, yeah, okay, money, 10%. Well, why do we think that, right? Why do we think that? Well, because even the very same verse in Leviticus that I just showed you in different translations calls out a percentage. Look at it with me in the NLT. It says this, one-tenth of the produce of the land, whether grain from the fields or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord and must be set apart to him as holy. Look, but you can give 10% to God, but listen, if it's not your first... If it's not the tithe, if it's not your best, if it's not what that's committed, dedicated, it still helps, yes. But God wants more from us. Why? It's why every time we talked about initiatives or discipleship journeys or or generosity journeys or when we talk about setting the table or years ago, if you're here, we were talking about movement or even years before that, we talked about the giving challenge, all these things. We've always said since day one, it's not about the percentage. It's about your heart. It's not about what you're giving. It's about the heart by which you give from. See, God wants the fullness of your heart. So when He says everything, you know, He's saying, He's saying, Hey, look, I get it. I know there's going to be some areas where you're going to struggle. I know there's going to be some things that you're going to want to hold back. I know there's going to be seasons and times when it's, too, it's just too scary to do that, to commit to that, to serve that way, to, to commit that much time, to give that much money. I know it's going to be tough. I know. I know it's going to be tough. Listen, he wants our heart. He wants the fullness of our trust. He wants the the complete, the total dependence from us. He he wants to be our priority. He wants our total devotion, the fullness of our first, the fullness of our heart. See, we see the principle of the first explained this way in Deuteronomy chapter 14, verse 23. If you wanna go there with me, Deuteronomy 14, verse 23, it says this. Actually, um, I, I I, I think I like a better translation here. The Living Bible. Bring this tithe to eat before the Lord your God, at the place he shall choose as his sanctuary. This applies to your tithes of grain, new wine, olive oil, the firstborn of your flocks and herds. The purpose of your tithing is to teach you always what? To put God first in your lives. See, it's your heart that God is after. He's passionate about the principle of first. Let me show you four places of how we can put God first very briefly. Number one, the first of our year. Welcome to January, everybody. It's really the 8th, but we're going to call it the 1st. Why? Cheese coma. Christmas. Kids out of school. PJs. All day. (laughs) Hallmark. Or maybe you're like the big percentage that went to Great American Family. (laughs) We can't even appreciate Hallmark anymore. The 1st of our year, right? We give them the 1st of our year. Full disclosure. Again, this is exactly why we've done 21 days the way we had. I explained a little earlier. We want to say to God, we're giving you our firsts. Here's a tithe of our time, God, that we're gonna dedicate in a special way as holy unto you for these next 21. And we're gonna do it again in August because guess what? We're gonna go into a new season of life, God. So we're gonna give a tithe of our time for 21 and we're gonna deny self and die to self to invite your life to do something new in us, Right? See, so I wanna encourage you, dig in, read about it, pray, discern what it is. What it is that, God, is there anything I'm holding back that's not declaring that you're my first, that you're my foremost, that you're preeminent? Is there anything? Look, there's there's no judgment at all in, in what it is that you're gonna do, especially over these next 21 days. In fact, today's reading, it's not even the book yet. It's basically kind of a how-to guide. It's a, a why and a how, if you will. It's things that we've kind of, Put together over the years that's going to be helpful for you to decide and discern what God, what are you calling me to do to give to you the first of my year? What am, what am I to do? So let me, let me just give you a few little specifics though about the 20. Can I just pause for a second? Just everybody just hit the pause button. Let me just give you a few things. We, we begin today. We end 21 on January 28. Um, every Tuesday evening, we're going to be in the warehouse for a prayer service together. It's going to be awesome. Uh, we're inviting you con- to consider adding fasting in some capacity as a discipline of your devotion during the 21 days. There's so many different ways you can commun- you know, participate in that. Again, declaration.org is going to be your friend. There's going to be some stuff there. Maybe you don't know much about fasting. It's okay. We've got some equipping things for you there. There's stuff in this book. I'm going to kind of walk through a few things here in just a second. Um, but, but this is all designed for you to go at your speed with God. So you do that, no judgment there. You, here's some different ways. You can do a complete fast, meaning liquids only. Um, typically water with light juices is an option. Um, some of you, like you're like, oh, absolutely no in Jesus' name. Mm-mm. I gotta feed the temple, right? I gotta feed the temple. Um, but check it out, listen. <laughs> Um, I wanna, if you choose to do that, some people do. Uh, one of the very first 21 day fasts that, that we did together, I, that's what I decided to do. And, and by about day four, I was like eating my hand. And, um, and the Lord, but the Lord gave me grace through that and we made it through. And, and, but, but I don't recommend that without some sort of medical supervision. There's some of us that have some medical issues and dietary reasons why you really need to be under supervision. So make sure that you really, really feel like that that's what the Lord has told you to do. Be, be responsible with that, et cetera, et cetera. Again, declaration.org will tell you some things. You could do a selective fast, um, meaning that your fast might involve certain elements from a diet, right? Um, Best example of selective is a Daniel fast. We've given you some information on what that looks like. It's also in the book, Um, but but declaration.org is going to be your friend. Again, you can do a partial fast. This is called a Jewish fast sometimes, meaning you fast only certain meals or maybe certain times of the day. For example, maybe you don't eat during sunlight, but you eat at sundown. Um, Maybe you do three days this, five days that, this week this, that. It's okay. Really, no judgment. How you engage is how you engage. This is how we give God the first of our year through 21. And remember, please don't be dogmatic. Yes, be disciplined, but not out of dogma. Desire, devotion. We want to give God our first. So go with that. Trust his guidance. Trust the leadership of Holy Spirit in this. You may choose to do a soul fast. And that might look like something like, you know, um, uh, I'm not going to do social media. I'm not going to do TV. I'm not going to do movies, any form of media. I'm not going to do the news. I'm not going to do politics. I'm not going to do sports. Uh Uh-oh. I'm going to give my Amazon delivery people a break for 21 days. Praise the Lamb. (laughs) Come on, somebody. Husbands are like, amen. (laughs) I don't know. But it might be that you do a soul fast, right? And, and that maybe that's the way that you're going to participate to give God the first of your year. You can't say I'm going to fast church, though. That don't work, all right? That don't work. Disingenuous, counterintuitive, not going to happen. All right. Now listen, What fasting fasting is simply us just kind of um, getting away from the usual and giving special time and devotion to worship, adoration, prayer, intercession. It's replacing either meals or media or something like that with prayer to give extra time to God, to show him that you are my priority. You're my first. It's seeking God, praying, being in God's word. It's saying no to other things so you can give your best yes to God. Do, Do you see it? So let's give him the first of our year. Now, because God is passionate about the principle of first, the second way we can put God first is by giving the first of our month. Uh, we do this by how we schedule, maybe how we budget. Let's commit our schedules right now. Let's begin to to, to just hone in and, and my meetings, my travel, my activities, my kids' sports, etc. I'm going to give God the best, the first of my month. I'm going to honor God and ensure that we're giving Him our first and our best. Don't do too much. Just put God first. Budget. Give to God first. Commit to the tithe, even. Commit to the, the, the journey of generosity for one year. Trust God. Go read Malachi. Trust God. See if he doesn't just blow your mind in his provision and his blessing and how he just moves and operates. Try it. You'll see. Jump into that journey of setting the table. Um, be a part of setting the table so you can build the kingdom of God together. It's powerful when we see the things that God is doing in and through our lives, that we get to partner with him. It's even more powerful when we're saying, God, you're my first. And then you begin to see people step into the kingdom. Do you know that we had over 20 people through our Christmas Eve service give their life to Jesus for the first time? They received the gift of Jesus for the first time. That's incredible. And maybe you're one of them in the house this morning To we say, praise God. In fact, today, right after this, I think it's today, we have DNA right down that hallway as at the end of this service. We would, would love for you to go and check that out. Why? Why would I ask you to do that? Because I want you to step into the fullness of all that God has created you and called you to be, especially here in the house. We wanna be your family And we wanna see you come alive and how God has purposed you uniquely to live into the kingdom. And so that's a great place for you to start getting equipped. So DNA right after the service. Here's another one, the first of your week. Well, how do we do that? How do we commit to that? Through worship, through worship. Make a commitment to be a part of the family of God in the first of your every week. Now I've heard it said that Sunday morning church is a Saturday night decision. Has anybody ever heard that before? Sunday morning church is a Saturday night decision. Make the presence of God, worshiping with the people of God, a commitment that's a non-negotiable. Hey, I'm not just saying that just so that we can fill the chairs. I'm saying that so that maybe your hearts and your lives will be full of, the, of God. We need each other. We need each other, right? Can I just say this? Too many people have lost the priority of church these days. They've lost. Maybe they've lost the priority of consistency. You know the statistically... We read a metric not long ago, 50% of people who claim to be born again followers of Jesus who are leaders in their church. I'm sorry, those people, not the percentage, the people who are born again followers of Jesus who are leaders in the church only come 50% of the time. That was the statistic. So maybe it's the priority of consistency. Set the whole first day of your week aside to rest and replenish. Let the first day of your week be spent with God. Refocus. And prepare for the week, right? Prepare. How will you devote your first and your best? I promise if we do this, it's going to change things. It's going to change your life, your marriage, your family, your relationships, your work dynamics, going to change your sanity. Come on, somebody. Anybody want some sanity in 23? Feel like a chicken with his head cut off. Y'all look, I was, I was mortified as a child because back in the day, the older generations did not play. If it was time for dinner, your great grandma would go out in the backyard and grab a chicken and pop, just like that. Just like that. <laughs> I paid him for that, I'll give you later. She would pick that chicken up and poof, and all of a sudden the head is in her hand, that chicken is running around like crazy. That's where that phrase came from. But can I tell you something? That's exactly the way that we've all been living for a long, long time. Am I lying? And we gotta slow down. We gotta give God our first. Year, month, week. Lastly, first of our day, spend daily time with God. My pastor, Jeff Wells, who I deeply admire. I heard him say this. If I heard him say it once, I heard him say it a thousand times. He'd say in the morning, spend unhurried time with God. Unhurried time. He's saying, give God your first and your best. That's what he's saying. Pastor Chris, who wrote this book, he says this, you'll never see change in your life until you change something that you do daily. So give God the first and best of your day to God. We can all, we can, listen, we can all do this. Right, somebody, we can do this. Small steps if you have to, but just take the step. See, I believe that God is inviting us all the time to take the next spiritual step. That's why things like DNA, that's why things like small groups, we're gonna be talking about those really, really soon. So you can take these steps. Here's what I'm believing. I'm believing that God is going to invite us to take 21 steps over the next 21 days. We're gonna be different people than we were today on day 21. On January 28th, I'm believing that you look different, your family looks different, this church looks different, and this community is gonna begin to look different. Give God the best of your year, your month, your week, and your day. Can I just give you a simple If you if you need kind of a formula, can I give you a very simple formula? We'll call it the first fifteen. The first five minutes of your day in the Word. Just go to the Word for five minutes. The next five minutes in worship. You know, replace the other media and the news with worship. The next five minutes, prayer. First fifteen. It's very simple. Maybe just commit that to memory and start tomorrow. Just this way. It's the way that we're. I'm going to start my day with you, Lord. In fact. On declaration.org, through the 21 days information, we've even given you a song and a video. That can be your five minutes in your first 15. I wanna encourage you. It'll change you. This week on Twitter, I saw a Dietrich Bonhoeffer quote. I'm a fan of Bonhoeffer's writings on discipleship. And the quote said this. "I said, we begin the day in silence because God should have the first word. We end the day in silence because God should have the last word. See, God wants our first. So let's give God the first of our everything. And as we give, let's give sacrificially unto the Lord. Here's the third and the last uh, principle to implement here. Or I should say, um, the last way to implement the principle of first. Number three, expect God to bless the rest of it. I'm just trusting God that you're just gonna bless the rest. How's this play out? I don't know if I have time in my schedule for that but I'm gonna to commit to God and therefore I'm having to say no to that. You know what? God's gonna bless it. I don't, I, I'm afraid I'm gonna have more month than money if I give that to God. Guess what? Expect God to bless the rest. Give him your first. Give him your best. Trust him. He will not let you down. He loves you. He loves you. Be wise, but give him your first. Give him your best. Expect him to bless. Let me give you Proverbs 3, 6 through 10. It says this. Seek his will in all that you do and he will show you which path to take. So have an expectation of blessing. Seek him. He's, He'll show you. He will guide you. He will illuminate the path that, that you should take. Um Seek him. In his will, in all that you do, he will show you. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. He says, then you will have healing for your body and strength for your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything that you produce. Then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with, with good wine. Maybe your translation says, your vats will brim with new wine. There it is again. Our God is a God of new. Here's what you can expect. When we give God our first and our best, you can expect guidance. You can expect blessing. And that's way more than just monetary. You can expect healing, provision, wisdom, newness. I mean, that's straight from scripture. That's not from my opinion. That's from right there in Proverbs. These are the things you'd expect. Hey, anybody ever watch uh, January 2 comes along? Anybody watch the Rose Bowl? You know what I'm talking about? Rose Parade. Anybody do that? I've never quite got it. I don't understand, but Okay. (laughs) beautiful, but do we really need to know this float has 19,323 carnations? No, it's, it's amazing, but that's what they do, right? I don't know. 109th roast Bowl this year. Big deal. People really look forward to this. The theme of this year was turning the corner according to Yahoo.com Life. Turning the corner, basically saying, you know, after the last two years, unprecedented two years due to COVID and COVID-19 pandemic and political turmoil, turning the corner was the theme. It reminds me of a story I read about the Tournament of Roses Parade not long ago. It went like this. A beautiful float suddenly at the Rose Bowl began to sputter, and it just quit. It just stopped dead in its tracks, completely, you ready for this? Completely out of gas. Middle of the Rose Bowl Parade, float stops, out of gas. The whole parade is held up until someone can get a can of gas to that float. The amusing thing about this float is is that it was sponsored and represented by the Standard Oil Company. (laughs) You can't make that up, right? I mean, with all of its vast resources, the truck that says Standard Oil Company is out of gas. Here's the truth. Listen, even though Christians, we all have access to God's omnipotence. But if we don't avail ourselves to him, we're gonna run out of gas. And we wear that name. Let's give him our first. Would you stand with me? Would you pray this morning? I got a few more minutes of things that I just want us to respond. We're, gonna, we're, we're gonna break up the monotony. So if you know just right about now that here's what we do, we're not gonna do that, all right? So let's go with it. Let's go with it. Just go with me just for a few more minutes today because I really want us to respond to the Lord very specifically. We're gonna take communion together because it's the best way that I can think that we begin our year, especially. Come to the table. So the team's gonna lead us. We're just gonna make room. We're gonna say, God, we, were, we are gonna make room for you to be our first this year. I'm not asking you to make really big commitments right now. I'm asking you to pray and ask the Lord. I'm asking you to go look at declaration.org at that 21 days. I'm asking you to text 21 days to 43,000 and look at it. I am asking you to engage. But right now, I just want us to just pause and just say, Lord, thank you for life. Thank you for freedom. Hey, maybe you're here today and you've never surrendered to Jesus. Please know I'm not talking about church or religion. God wants your heart. He wants to be your friend. He wants you to know that you're forgiven. He wants you to know that you're free. You know, why are we doing 21 days? Alignment so we can get our hearts aligned right with him. And if you don't know Jesus today, but you want to know forgiveness, freedom, you want to be a friend of God, would you just right where you are say, Jesus, I need you. I want you, Jesus. I surrender my life to you. You can have it all. Empty me of all of my past and who I was and make me new. Because you're the God of new. And fill me with your Holy Spirit, I pray. Hey, with your eyes closed, if if you just prayed that prayer, would you slip a hand up so I know who I'm celebrating with today and praying for? Thank you, I see your hand. Anybody else? Anybody else? Thank you. Anybody else? Okay. If you're online, would you just send us a message right there on that chat? You can even simply say, pray for me and we'll reach out. This morning, I'm going to ask the serve team to get in place. It was in that upper room where Jesus was meeting with his disciples and he took bread and he said, this bread represents my body that will be broken for you. He says, every time you eat, take this and do this in remembrance of me in remembrance of the sacrifice that he was about, the massive sacrifice he was about to make on our behalf so that we could have life. And those of you who just pray that prayer, I wanna invite you to this table for the very first time and take and eat and remember the broken body of Jesus on your behalf. See, he was whole, we were broken, but he willingly allowed himself to be torn, beat, and broken so that we could be made whole. Likewise, he took a glass of wine the cup of salvation, he held it. He said, This wine represents the blood of my new covenant that I'll pour out to not just cover the sin, not just cover your sin, but to take it away and make you brand new. He said, Every time you drink of this, drink in remembrance of me. And every time you eat and drink, you declare my death until I return for you. And so this morning, he was full, we were empty, but he emptied himself willingly so that we could be filled. I'm going to invite you to come to the table. You'll take that piece of bread. You'll dip it right into that juice and you'll eat and drink and you will declare Jesus, gratitude, humility, thankfulness. Now in all the response tables in the front and the back to the right and left, we also have these prepackaged elements if you want to go that way as well. But we just want to invite you as the team leads us briefly to say, God, we make room for you this year, this day, this week. We come to your table. When you're ready, you come as we sing. Let's move now. Thank you so much for joining us today. Maybe today you need to take the next step in your faith, whether that be giving your life to Christ or maybe you would like prayer and need to be contacted by one of our pastors. In the podcast description, you will find a link to our website and a link to an online connection card. And if you feel led, there will also be a link there where you can give directly to the ministries of declaration online. We would love to hear from you. God bless you and have a wonderful week.